Y'all ready for this? Mortal Kombat! You started doing that before before we started actually recording, and I was like, oh, well, I don't know what the bit's going to be. Hey, man, I can't help it when great movies use great soundtracks. I guess I know what the opening bit's gonna be. Yeah. No, but no, but seriously, guys. Speaking of bits, if you have any suggestions for opening bits, please let us know. We might do them. We just might. <laughs> <laughs> it could be pretty fun. Who knows? Yeah. You know what else is fun? Beating a pinata till the candy comes out. That and getting episode twenty-one of the show underway. So let's do that. <laughs> One of the R and R Gaming Podcast. I'm your host Byron Weed. Byron Weed. Yes. <laughs> Byron Reed, and I have the sniffles. Alongside me is my co-host Ken Rossi. Um. Uh, so do you have the sniffles as well. So you just call this the, the sniffle cast. Sure. Yeah. But uh, if you're Byron Weed, are you best friends with Snoop Dogg? <laughs> Snoopity did yeah whatever <laughs> you couldn't see me obviously but as I was as I was heading into the start the show thing I was like winding up a point and pointed towards my wall it was fantastic <laughs> like right. let's start this show and I pointed to the wall like ah cha-cha. it's great okay finger guns at the wall <laughs> Let's just drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like yeah. it's. Oh, wait. Um. <laughs> yes. So, I apologize for my sniffling in advance. It's going to happen. Um, I'm going to try and do it away from the mic, but the mic's going to probably pick it up anyway. So, I apologize for the sniffling. If it gets in your nerves, sorry. I'm sick. Well, what are you going to do? Here, here's the general rule sniffles are okay, snorts are not. Okay, fair enough. Because, you know, sniffles fair like. Enough. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that was that was unsettling, <laughs> and we probably lost all our fans right there. And we're like, you know what, I'm done, bro. It was fine until it was uh, fine until we started snorting, and I was like, you know what, I'm good. <laughs> so hey, hey, we could create a spinoff called the SNS podcast for the snorts and sniffles. <laughs> oh god, oh god, <laughs> I don't know. That might not go so well. It might, like sniffling or whatever, you know. Right. <laughs> Uh, especially if you oh, sniffle God. like a song. Oh yeah, th- yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, just into the microphone for an hour. Yeah. Or five minutes, that'd be great. <laughs> so enough about that. What have you been playing, my friend? Well, um, I decided, and by I, I mean me and my wife decided <clears throat> that mm-hmm. she would get me early for Christmas, the new Xbox One X. Oh. Yes, I was Ooh. I was pausing for a dramatic effect and applause and news and all. Yes. Um, I'll have to add some cuts in it. Yeah. But there's one. <laughs> I don't think we do. Um, 
<clears throat> but no, so uh, I got the new console, and I thought that I'd go over a few things that we talked about last week and maybe clear up a few misconceptions that we had uh, when we uh, mm-hmm. were talking about it. And yeah, please do. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, um, we talked about the storage capacity for the Xbox One X and the 4K games. And I can right. gladly report that the biggest um, download that I've seen for the update has been 5 gigabytes. So ah, okay. I don't know what the Gears of War 4 was updating so much that it needed like 178 gigabytes because uh, truthfully speaking I don't have that so I don't know if that was just like a temporary update that made it massive and they were going to fix it later right. or what but every game that I have that is uh, Xbox One X enhanced um, has only been like a 5 gigabyte update it hasn't been very big at all so huh. um, I still got plenty of storage space available to download more games like mm-hmm. is it like does it look any better than what? what we currently have so um the two games that i've played the our uh, xbox one x enhanced has been madden nfl and nba 2k 18 both of those look marvelous in 4k all right they they're just mm-hmm. oh my god i'm like Mwah. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, uh, so definitely the 4K. I don't know if I would say it's worth it to to buy the Xbox One X for the 4K resolution. I mean, definitely if right. you have it, you need to. Like, if you have a 4K TV and you're not playing your games uh, on an Xbox One X, you're playing it on an S or just the original Xbox. Like, you you wasted your money on the TV. You need to go. <laughs> And get the Xbox One X. Okay, there's no if ands or buts. Like I even watched uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming. I purchased that digitally, and okay. they gave an ultra high definition version of it uh, for free. Granted, I didn't have the Xbox One X or S to play the 4K in yet, so I watched it in standard definition. But when I went in and started watching this again, like. I started noticing like people in the background and stuff going on behind the scene. And like, there was so much detail and clarity that I'm like, Oh wow. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like, um, an example, I don't know if you've watched it, Byron. I'm assuming not. Cause it's not an anime, but, <gasps> um, the shot, sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a scene where, uh, Peter Parker goes into a store to buy a sandwich and blah 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 happens but i noticed on the back of the wall in the shop there are scratch tickets that i'm assuming you can buy that are just hanging there like those are the scratch tickets they offer i assume and not like paid winners or whatever and i didn't notice that in the high definition version like i didn't even know they were there Hmm. like the amount of detail is just insane um, what it can do. So, I mean, I guess if you like highly detailed movies, then, you know, get an Xbox One X, buy the ultra high definition movies, and you'll have a good time. <laughs> um, 
but oh, yeah, what, what it's, time to me. yeah, it's really great. Um, I did have to, because of my TV, um, I did have to go into some settings and change some stuff. Like I actually found out, uh, I thought my TV, um, had come out the year before, um, HDR came out and was super popular. And I think I talked about that in the last show and I was super bummed and I found out my TV actually has HDR, but it didn't have the name mm. HDR yet. Like, they uh, okay. they gave that name to uh, TVs that had it after that version that I got, so that I guess people knew that it had that capabilities or whatever. Um, but I did have to actually go in and turn that on. Like, there's an option in my TV uh, called a UHD color. And I had to go in and turn that on in order for the Xbox to actually recognize that it could do HDR uh, capable content. But once I turned that okay. on, everything was fine. It, it said that there was no problems playing the games and 4K and the ultra high definition colors and all the good stuff. Um, I can't think of anything else that we had that was like a misconception at this time because I mean I think that was it right pretty much yeah it's really pretty much the gist of it anyway I think you covered it I hope so <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but I'm glad you're enjoying your Xbox One X yeah I definitely am um, I'm even watching uh, standard content in it because it boosts it up into a high definition quality and uh you know, I've been watching a, a lot of uh, Star Trek, <laughs> and right. um, it's been making it, like, the colors and the, the images stand out and making it feel like I'm I'm actually there when they filmed it. So, uh, it's really cool wow. in uh, upscaling as well. So, I've been watching a lot of uh, videos on there. Um, and overall, for me, I think it's a, it's been a good purchase. Um you know, that's that's right. There were some things, too, though. Uh, like, I should say I'm upgrading from the original Xbox, not an Xbox One S. So I don't know right. if they did this with the uh, uh, S version or not, but the little beeping sound it makes when you turn it on is super quiet now. Huh. Like, before, I used to turn it on and it'd be like, and my dog would get up like, what the, what's that sound? <laughs> and now when I do that, they like don't even budge. It's like a little, like you barely notice huh. the, the beeping as much. So I'm a little sad at that. Right. Um, they did get rid of the big box power adapter. Um, like, okay. like, you know, that huge, uh, power transformer that you plug into the wall into the unit. <laughs> yeah. they got rid of that now it's just a simple cable I assume the power is inside the Xbox One X itself um, but the power is there so you just got a simple little cable uh, connecting to it and lastly uh, that I'll just mention here uh, I didn't weigh it but it feels quite heavier than the original Xbox like even though it's smaller in size and it's taken up right. not nearly as much. Like when I lift up the Xbox One X, I'm like, oh, that's pretty heavy. 
or, in, or I should say the original Xbox, and then when I grabbed the X, I'm just like, oh my god, that's heavier than the original. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I'm enjoying it, but uh, for time constraints, I'll uh, I'll move on and and ask you what have you been playing, Byron. Well, uh, I've been playing some Destiny over the course of the week. Uh, the Faction Rallies are back. been having a good time doing that, grinding tokens with my future Warlock. Warlock. Because, Warlock. you know, future war codes is the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really hope that Orbit does not win because I don't want that grenade launcher. Want it. <laughs> grenade launchers are uh, not in a good place right now. Um, but really though, I just, I just, I'm not interested in the grenade launcher. The fusion rifle that Future War Code has, it could be good, but also could be bad depending on the perks that it has on it. Mm -hmm. The sword for New Monarchy is interesting. I don't have a New Monarchy char uh, character right now though, so that doesn't matter to me, unfortunately. <laughs> but other than that, I've been playing uh, WWE 2K18. I had an unfortunate incident happen this past week with the game. Um, on there the night the night before the incident happened, you know, messing with things and getting some getting some uh, other things taken care of Wait, in my universe mode. Were the police called? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Sorry. No. You made it sound like this incident <laughs> happened, okay. and I'm like, what kind oh, of incident? I'm getting. I'm getting to the incident. I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. So. Going through and I'm messing with things, getting getting uh, highlight highlight real clips for my show intros and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm I done I'm done all that. Turn it off. Go to play it the next day to actually type up my uh, second episode of my of my women of wrestling show. And the the game turns on, and it says, "Welcome to WWE 2K18." Blah 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 blah. Like I'm starting all over again. So oh, no. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm freaking out right now. What is this? What is this? So I go in, and everything everything that I had, my custom shows, my universe mode, my characters, like everything that I put all that time into oh. is gone. Wow. And um, I even tried to gra grab it from the cloud, and it didn't show up for some reason. But the strange thing to me, though, is, you know, it, there, there was an update. It was an update uh, recently mm -hmm. for Xbox, and you know when it updates, it asks you, "Hey, you know, you know, do you want to update your save data to the newest, you know, so that way it's up to date with the, with the current patch or whatever?" Mm -hmm. And you have to hit yes, because if you hit no, it'll wipe everything. Mm. Do you think I hit yes? Oh, or at least I thought I did. Maybe I accidentally hit no. I I honestly don't remember, but. I'm 100% confident that I hit yes on this. Right. So, needless to say, everything is gone, and I have to start all over again. The good news is that my characters that I that I had created, I I put those up on the uh, CC for download, so I can go in and download them myself, and I have to recreate them all over again. So that nice. saved me a lot of time. Right. So I'm working on putting putting everything back together the way it was. Um, and I'll be hopefully getting around to posting week two of my Women of Wrestling show within the next few days, depending on uh, how my setup process goes and everything. So, 
Yeah, and it's taking a little longer because they limit the amount of downloads you can do in a day for server purposes. You're limited to 20 downloads a day. And if you're downloading, you know, a lot of a lot of wrestlers and attires, you know, it's going to take a bit for you to get things back to where back to the way they were. So that's where I am with that whole thing. I have another friend who suffered the same issue that I did and he has shelved the game for the time being. So I can understand why. Yeah. I'm gonna power through. I'm gonna power through and try to get everything back up to where it, where it was, and um, then I'll go from there. But it's just unfortunate that I had that happen to me. I did contact 2K support, and they you know tried to help me with it, but nothing that we had tried worked. So unfortunately for me, I I decided to chalk it up as a lost cause and just get started again. So right, that sucks. I mean, losing your save data is never. Um, it's never anything I would actually even wish on my worst enemy um, because I've gone through that and it it sucks so bad. <clears throat> but yeah. it's kind of interesting, though. Uh, I mean, this isn't the first time I've heard of somebody with a 2K game that has lost their character or their saves. Um, speaking of NBA 2K18, that there was a bunch of people that first started playing that yeah, they lost their characters and their characters got wiped. Mm-hmm. And there's yep. like, one, one of my buddies actually lost his character. Yeah, um, I know one person they showed. Um, they gave him uh, five hundred thousand VC because he lost his character. <clears throat> yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. It, it's really weird that it happened, but I'll, I'll be sure that when the next patch uh, goes live for WWE that I'm paying attention to which button I'm hitting before I do anything. Because, like I said, I mean, I very well could have just hit no because no may have been the top option for some yeah. reason. Uh, so I'll have to pay attention next time. So that way this does not happen again. Because if it does, then I'll be shoving it for the time being. <laughs> If if it does, I'd be asking for my money back. <laughs> that's what I'd be doing. Because that's a lot yeah, of time and too. a lot of money to get it early just to have your uh, saves and characters and everything go bye-bye at the push of a button. Yeah, and you, you know how much time I put into this. Mm. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I spoke about it on the show before, too. It takes a lot of time to do the things I'm doing with, right? with the game. And you're one you of know, the I'm not, I'm top trending guys on Operation Sports, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not just one of those guys that's going in and, you know, doing a universe mode with one character and controlling them or whatever. Like, no, I'm doing everything. Storylines, uh, rivalries, you know, custom shows, pay-per-views. Like, I'm, I'm writing, I'm typing it up. Yep. So it's, you know, it's taking more time than what it normally would. Unless it's, unless it's my NXT show, which is currently, quote-unquote, taped, and the live shows will be the paper, will be the takeover pay-per-view events. Right. So for the NXT shows, those take maybe like 10, 20 minutes because I'm just simming through and writing up quick, quick, quick hit results right. for everything and posting it that way. But the live, the again, the live shows will be what I normally do for Raw, SmackDown, and my Women of Wrestling show. So again, it takes a long time. Yep. So it's unfortunate that it happened. That is. But working on it, I'll be working on that uh, once we finish the podcast. Before I go to work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, let's hop into our new segment, shall we?
reported that they sold through nearly all of their stock on the Xbox One X's on uh, release day. Uh-huh. The quote comes from the um, GameStop uh, SVP of merchandising, Bob Puzon, says that sales <clears throat> of the new Xbox One X have been incredible. We have sold through most of our initial allotment in just one day. Uh, we are already working with Microsoft to get our hands on more of the world's most powerful video game console. So it doesn't it doesn't say how much of how many units they sold, right. which is obviously a, you know a critical detail. But um, I think you know just knowing that they've sold through, like I said, a majority of their units in the first twenty four hours in my mind is impressive in and of itself. Well, that's true, um, but the story didn't mention that only 90% of those cells went to scalpers. <laughs> so, um, Is that a true statement? Yeah, that's a true statement. Um, here's the other thing, though, and this is the key word. He said most of, which means yes. that they still have, like, you could sell through uh, 60% of your stock, and that would be most of your stock. So if you had right. a million units for this Xbox One X and you sold through most of them, you know, that could only be 600,000 compared to like the Switch that sold out of all of its stock. Right. And is already that, at that's, that's very the true. 2 million unit that's mark. That's very true. And it, yeah, that's very true. And, you know, it could also be a case of, you know, GameStop and, you know, other retailers, but specifically GameStop for the article purposes. Uh, you know, requesting a conservative number, a small number of the units, because they weren't sure, you know, how popular it was going to be and all the other stuff. And they got hit harder than they, than they expected to, so they'll order more for, you know, the, the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it could also be that, um, like you said, they ordered a conservative amount. So if they only ordered, um, we'll say like 500,000, you know, half a million units, but they only sold through like 300,000 yeah. units. I mean, as long as you're selling more than half, that's most of, and that would be better than you expect to sell on a launch uh, for a new console or product. Yeah, so, it makes sense. It makes sense. You were telling me a story, though, before we started recording, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, about... About the... Uh... Oh, the, the availability? Xbox and the, uh, you went to go buy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, so yeah, I mean, I was, uh, obviously I was looking into it because I bought one, but, um, <laughs> no. no, when we, uh, was looking into it, um, every retailer, um, that we looked into said that it was sold out and that you couldn't find any anywhere. And then as soon as the release date, which was the 7th of November, every retailer said that it was available to order and that you could purchase them uh, from them. And it wasn't like out of stock, you know, let me know. It said that they were available um, to purchase. And in fact, uh, Walmart's website actually said that they had Project Scorpio editions available. Um, which by the way, that's not what I got, but they, they said that it was, right. um, available, uh, on their website and every other place that I've been to, at least on the seventh, 
they all said that it was available. Now, I haven't checked since then, but it seems, um, I don't want to say weird, but we'll say weird or maybe suspicious that they're... Uh, Microsoft was saying, oh, wow, you know, we've sold through, like, pretty much all of our pre-orders, and it's all, you know, we don't have any available. And then you look on websites, and they say they're sold out, but as soon as it becomes Tuesday, bam, here's all these units that seem to be available or became available uh, to purchase. Right. So, yeah, so that's what I thought was uh, interesting um, that they they suddenly became available when they were out of stock. Um, because there's a there's a whole other story that I had with Walmart that I won't get into because I hate them. <laughs> and, uh, that may mean that I never get their sponsorship on the podcast, but you know I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so this whole other thing happened. And so that, that's just something that I found interesting. I feel that. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's definitely interesting that, you know, this happened and it'll be something to keep to keep our eyes on. Right. So what's your first piece of news, my dude? So my first piece of news is the Capcom has been talking that they're making games uh, for the Nintendo Switch and that Phoenix Wright will be uh, one of the games they're making. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, The Capcom COO, Haruhiro Sujiru, I hope I pronounced that correctly, he was talking with a Japanese industry site called Gigi. Uh, It's not spelt good game, but (laughs) J-I-J-I. Um... (laughs) But in the message, um, he revealed uh, that the company is already developing new titles to release on the Nintendo Switch in the fiscal year 2018, such as Ace Attorney and other series that are popular inside and outside of Japan. So, I think this is good news for people that like Phoenix Wright, like myself. Uh, I love me some good Phoenix Wright. Uh, the only problem, though, is that fiscal year 2018, that could be as far away as April of 2019. So your fiscal yeah, years true. don't quite work like a normal year, so uh, we may not be getting a Phoenix right until way into the future. Right, yeah, but it, you know, it's, it's taken uh, long enough for Nintendo to do other things. Objection! It's Capcom, not Nintendo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. But I, I, I was, I heard uh, Nintendo Switch and I thought about Nintendo. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Capcom. To my knowledge, I can't think of a game Capcom has released on the Nintendo Switch yet. Yeah, I can't think of any either. I don't think about it. So yeah. So good news. Um... I mean, I wish that Capcom would announce a new Mega Man game. I mean, come on, Capcom! It's been over 10 years since we've got a brand new Mega Man game. But you had one. It was that other game. <laughs> what was it going again? If, that if, thing if you're talking about Marvel versus <laughs> Capcom, 
No, that doesn't count, okay? <laughs> no, the the uh, the quote-unquote Mega Man game. Oh, other... that wasn't Capcom, dude. Uh, yeah. Mighty Number no. 9? I know it wasn't. That uh, that was not Capcom. That was not Mega was Man. <laughs> because I didn't even... Yeah. I got through one boss and I was like, man, this game sucks. And I haven't played it since. <laughs> so I can get... I, that is not... I'm sorry, but that is not <laughs> Mega Man. <laughs> I just wanted to trigger somebody. Any word? Uh-huh. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah. Bring back Mega Man Capcom. I actually have a whole story about yeah, that. My, I could uh... spend another ten minutes telling you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, that's... I believe it. Yeah, let's, it. let's move on to your uh, next news. Yeah, sure, sure. So... Uh, Take-Two has announced that uh, 42% of their net income has come from microtransactions, and that means that we'll be seeing a lot more of them in the future because they want they want their games to have this, uh, they call it they call it a re- recurrent consumer spending element. So that could be in the form of virtual currency, uh, add-on content, and uh, microtransactions. So, so in other words, they want more money. <laughs> Right, which again, it's not a surprise. You know, regardless of how we feel about them, you know, this is the way things are going now. The uh, the comment the comment from uh, Take Two CEO Strauss Zelnick said in a uh, in a earnings call last week was that you can expect to see recurring consumer spending be included in most, if not all, of the company's games going forward. Uh, and then the article goes on to say it may not always be it may not always be virtual currency. May not always be microtransactions, may not always be expansions, but Take Two is aiming to bake into its game some element that keeps players coming back and spending. So you know the shark cards for GTA Online, those are a big deal. I would expect to see something similar in the upcoming Red Dead Redemption too, in the form of uh, some sort of you know for money in the game in the online component. I don't know what that's going to mean for the single-player side of the game, but we'll mm-hmm. see what's going to happen because, you right. know, it's coming. Well, it's definitely interesting what our um, gaming horizon looks like um, because I'm not so sure I, I like the look of it. Um, <laughs> just because I, I mean... For me, I like that a game is a standalone package. I like that when I buy a game, I can access everything. I don't like that I have to download an update or I have to get the next microtransaction, the next part of the story by paying for the DLC or buying the season pass. Um, I mm-hmm. I don't like that. I want my stuff to be contained, you know? Like with a movie, when you buy a movie, that's it. That's the movie. That's what you watch. It's not like you have extra DLC for the movie that you buy an extra 30 minutes to watch a special epilogue that they have that wasn't included in the original movie but should have been and could have been, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. it's it's messed up that we already pay so much for our games and yet they're wanting to charge us more for our games. Like, for me, that's... Yeah, I feel you. That's just I messed up. You. Like, you know, we... we Put that extra story in the sequel, if that's what you want. You know, don't don't charge us for stuff that 
you already finished um, but kept out of the original game. <clears throat> um, but even more I so. I feel you there. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Um, but uh, it's even more interesting because I read uh, a story that the CEO of EA um, said that they're more likely, in, in, in I guess simple words, layman terms, whatever, that they will probably be moving their services to a subscription-based service. And uh, yeah, all their games are going uh, the open world, the open world uh, MMO with, with microtransactions route. Right. Well, which I don't like at all, but we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I don't like that either. But um, it almost seems like that's the way we're going. I mean, just look at Patreon. Like, how many people subscribe on Patreon? You know, like you have someone that you want to support, you're going to pay monthly for it. And it seems like that's, that's the best way to keep your customers. Why have them spend $60 for a game if they're um, going to play it once and never come back when you can get them to subscribe to the game and pay, we'll say $120 for it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you, you know there was talk of Madden and then some of the sports games, you know, going to be biannually instead of annually, right? Uh, and just have a you know a update, you know, for the next season with what they're gonna do. But yeah, uh, again, like this is a, this is a bigger discussion that we could have later on down the road. But <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was know, saying. It's... The the horizon for video games um, seems awfully weird. Like. Uh, and it, I don't seem to notice it on PC as much. Like it seems like it's console games that are doing this. Like, am I wrong? Right. Well, I think most. I mean, most of these games are are on all the consoles now. What with you know the lack of exclusives and the uh, Microsoft's Play Anywhere deal. If they have the game set up for that, mm-hmm. then most of these games are doing it everywhere. So. Pause. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's one of those things where you know, it may you know because Red Dead, for instance, let's say you know, it's primarily it, it's it made its name you know on consoles or whatever. You know that doesn't mean that going to PC is going to change any of that. Yeah. You know, there's still shark cards and things like that for the online version. Of, um, you know, of GTA on PC and all the other business. So it, it's the same practices, really. On yeah. both sides of the coin. That's true. Yeah, but like I said, we can put a put a put a pin in this one and come back to it later because we could definitely have a discussion about that. All right. So only your second piece of news, so, my friend. Moving on to my second piece of news, and that's that Activision is getting sued by Humvee for using its vehicles in Call of Duty without permission. Bam. Huh. Um, yeah, so apparently Routers is reporting that AM General LLC, who is the makers of Humvee, says that the game company took advantage of its goodwill and reputation by using the Humvee and the HMMWV marks in the popular game franchise, as well as its related materials such as toys and books. So apparently this is going back from... 
I'm assuming the modern warfare set of games and not the original Call of Duty because if they made Humvee in the like the World War Two game that that's just not a very historic video game representation. <laughs> just saying. So, uh, but it does say here since 2003, the Call of Duty games have all sold over 250 million units and brought in 15 billion worth of revenue. So odds are, if this, uh, I guess, lawsuit goes on, we probably won't see uh, anything come of it until probably like 2024, uh, if I'm being honest. But um, that is interesting that Activision is uh, being sued by Humvee for using their license without permission. Yeah, that is an interesting that that's, that's happening. Uh sort of it's sort of like a uh, a likeness issue i guess so mm -hmm. to speak right well with the <clears throat> like the vehicles that they have i mean if they aren't changing them or making them different and they're like taking the actual humvees and not getting permission to use those that's a big no-no like they have to at least get permission they have to say hey we want to use your humvees in the game some companies are like yeah go ahead uh, that'll be fine or some companies are like um well hey give us a little money and we'll allow you to use those so but if they didn't ask and they just used them and expected uh the humvee makers to not <laughs> or to be okay with that i should say um then this will be a major issue and they could see at least 250 million units um, or dollars, I should say, out of the lawsuit, uh, just being like a dollar per um, sell the game. Right. So, yeah. So, I don't know if you have anything to say about this. I, I mean, not really. It, 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 is, it is interesting, like I said, that, that this is happening. It's kind of uh, weird, I guess, though, because, you know, when you... I, I don't know the specifics of the whole thing, obviously, but it seems kind of strange that they would, you know, it, let's say they are blatantly ripping off the Humvees design, let's just say that, and you, you know, if you go so far into the future like, like they, like they did with the, with the game prior to World War II returning, mm -hmm. um, you go so far into the future that you can kind of do whatever the hell you want, vehicles and things of that nature, so, right. Well, they had. Kind of they strange. had three modern warfare games, though, and yes. then they also had the Black Ops games, which mm -hmm. I know that some of those were and set those, in the past, but I thought they were partially set in the uh, present as well. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Whole thing, it's kind of complicated. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just interesting, but I get your, I get your point. We'll see. We'll have to see where it goes. Yeah. So, moving on to In your... In 2024. <laughs> last piece of news information. Yes. My last piece of news comes from Bluehole Studios, and it's that they're working on a new game. It's called Ascent Infinite Realm, or Air, for short. It will be made by Kakao, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right. Kakao Games, they made Terra, if you're familiar with that. Uh, it mm -hmm. is a steampunk MMORPG, 
and it's going to mix the, obviously, steampunk vibe with the high fantasy, so you'll see things like dragon and things of that nature. There are five classes in the game, sorceress, gunslinger, assassin, and mystic. Each will have two subclasses, which will become available at a later date. There's a beta being planned for the first half of 2018, and I have already gone and subscribed to the newsletter to keep myself informed on this. I watched the trailer when it was when I found it in one of my uh, in one of my subscription feeds that I'm a part of, and it looks really really fun and interesting. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of combat things in there that look really cool. The mm -hmm. airships and things like that look really really cool. And there's an element in there that is uh, surprising to me. There's a uh, what looks to be community development in the in the uh, trailer because you'll see the characters, you know, working on things, and the town gets there's a town that gets built up over time. There is a day, there's a day, there's a day night cycle, and it has dynamic weather, so there'll be snow and things of that nature as well. Combining all of that with what they have going on, it's something that I'm going to keep my eye on. I'm assuming it's going to come to PC uh, first. Right. And I'm kind of hoping it makes its way to consoles soon or, you know, soon soon after that. Mm -hmm. Because I really want to play this. All right. Well, so, uh, everybody we needs air. the trailer. I'll try it and get it for you so we can link it in the description for our YouTube video. Uh-huh. And then I'll probably post it on the joystick forums and on Facebook as well. Well, heck, if you send me the video, we could even pause right now and let the people on YouTube watch it. Yeah, that's right. We could do that. We could do that. Um, but we're not because we you... hate Bluehold. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Blue's the best. So the last news story I have is that Nintendo, if you had any, you know, Suspicion that I wasn't going to talk about Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong. Yes. They are going to significantly ramp up the Nintendo Switch production for next year. Yay. Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. So in a report from the Wall Street Journal, uh, Nintendo is aiming to turn out as many as 30 million units for next year which will start in April. Um, hmm. So, you know, depending on how this holiday season goes, could also depend on how many units they sell. Because also according to this, that over the seven-month period, it says that Nintendo has sold 7.63 million systems and that they plan to sell 9.1 million by the console's one-year anniversary. Which I believe is in March. Huh. So um, they even did a projection forecast for the fiscal year. Um, the Nintendo president, they actually changed their projections from 10 million units up to 14 million units in that fiscal year. And when you also consider that um, Sony is actually putting games on this uh, console as well... Uh, that could be uh, good news for them. If you don't oh, know yeah, what I'm definitely. talking about, you should check out episode 18 where we talked about that. 
Yes, you should. Callbacks, I like it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's episode 18. <laughs> if it's not, just keep <laughs> listening and watching them on YouTube or on iTunes or whatever. Um, yeah, well, eventually, somewhere, you'll you'll find it. We talked about it, I swear. Yeah, you'll see it. We did. <laughs> Do you know what? While you're there, while you're there on the YouTube page, just watch all the other old, uh, old episodes. Or listen to them anyway. Yeah. <sighs> It would legitimately help us out quite a bit. <laughs> just just play it on your computer in the background. Go walk away or whatever. It'll auto-play the next one. Yeah, you don't have to listen to it. I mean, we'd appreciate it if you did, but you don't have to. If you become a fan, listen to the podcast. That's yep. what I'm trying to say. You got it. <laughs> the R&R Podcast, everyone, with Ken Rusty um, and... Uh, Byron Weed. <laughs> Byron Weed, yes. <laughs> it's my Halloween costume for next year. <laughs> oh. oh, man. All right, so I think we should uh, hop into our main topic for the episode. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, and it, it, it's funny because we actually had a, had a mini side discussion about it last week, um, mm-hmm. but we decided to make it a whole episode and just talk about collections. Yeah, we had touched we touched last week about you know collections for games and all the other business. I forget how we even got on the topic. Regardless, we're here now, so. <laughs> Uh, let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, um, yeah. how c- collections? Like, what makes? What do you think makes people do these things? Well, there's many points that we could bring up. I mean, there's the psychological aspect. Um, you know, there's the nostalgic aspect of it. I mean, there's, there's many reasons why people can do what they do. Um, right. All I can really do is explain why I uh, collect wa- video games, and really it started yeah. <clears throat> uh, for for two reasons for me. The first was that I, um, back when I was a younger lad, we had a Super Nintendo and probably about five, ten games, something like that, and I wanted right. to uh, get, I think it was this new game. Or I just wanted some money, so I, you know, I was a kid. I, I wanted to get stuff, and I needed money to do that. And so traded in uh, games at the local pawn shop. They really didn't give me very much money for them, but at the time I was a kid, I didn't know any better. And um, I got whatever it was I got. I mean, it's so important that I, I've completely forgotten why I needed or wanted the money. <laughs> So, um, anyways, yeah, but I, I got that, um, and probably about a month later, I was, like, missing the games that I had, like, I, I wanted to go back and play them, I was bored, I, you know, I was hating myself because I, uh, got rid of them, so I kind of, uh, promised myself at that time that, um, I wasn't going to get rid of my games because I didn't know when I'd want to go back to them or when I wanted to, if you will, see them again. Um, 
And uh, the next big thing for me is that, um, you know, when the when the Nintendo GameCube came out, it was PlayStation 2, Xbox, and GameCube. And the GameCube didn't really have a lot of support. It was the, the third rung, if you will, uh, of the three gaming pillars at that time. And so I, I kind of decided to myself, you know what? I'm going to support the GameCube. I'm When there's a game that's on all three consoles, I'm going to get the GameCube version. And I'm going to try and buy more GameCube games to help uh, them become better because I, I really did love the GameCube. I thought it was a great console. It's, you know, short, compact, um, little device that produces a lot of power. And, and so I, I just, like I said, I wanted to support them. Um, and then I decided, you know, I bought all these games for the GameCube and I had a pretty good collection size for that. I was like, well, why stop there? Why not just get all of the North American GameCube games that were ever released? And then I can just, you know, go from there and and get all those games. (laughs) And that's kind of where it started. Um, because now, uh, my, uh, biggest collection for any one console is on the GameCube and I have somewhat around like 450 games I don't remember the exact amount but it's it's over 450 GameCube games Um, they take up one uh, seven foot bookshelf all by themselves (laughs) Jesus Um, yeah they're also doubled up I should say but um, (laughs) They yeah they take up uh, that and I still actually haven't uh, completed that yet. I still have about uh, I think it's 80, 80 to fifty GameCube games that I need in order to have that uh, complete collection for North America. Wow! Um, but once How I started, take you to do all that. Cause... Well, I've been collecting since it came out, and that was two thousand and one. So hmm. yeah, so I've been collecting for however many years that is was that 16 years yeah so i've been i've been collecting games uh for about 16 years and i used to uh keep a little notebook like i'd write down the games that i had in a notebook and it went from you know a single page like half a paragraph to a full page to two pages to three pages i think i got to four pages before i realized that I had so many games that I couldn't even go through the pages and read them all um, and know which games I had. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I just kind of had to remember my games. And now um, I actually use an app, and I will scan my games into the app with their barcode so that uh, I know um, what games I have. And I actually have it set up and a little plug here with an app called Libib, spelled L-I-B-I-B. Mm-hmm. And it's a great little app that you can set up different uh, qualifiers. Like you can just do video games or I actually have it set up so that each console gets its own little uh, kind of storage area in it. But you can also do movies and books. Um, they actually have a professional version that you can get for like libraries uh, if they want to use this to keep track of their inventory and their items on the books that they got to rent out and stuff. Right. Um, so it's a really cool uh, 
little app that I've been using to keep track of them. But here's the other cool thing. I also have this set up on my wife's phone. So she can go into it and like go into GameStop for like my birthday or Christmas or whatever. And she can look at games that I might enjoy and she can search in that app. And if the game doesn't show up in the app, then she knows I don't have it. <laughs> but if it does show up, then she knows that I already own it and she needs to not buy it for me. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. So yeah, so I have huge game collection and I am now um, I'm about 50 games away from having 2,000 uh, physical games in my collection. Nice. So I have currently um, three uh, bookcases uh, for games. Um, the one bookcase for just the GameCube, and then the other two are for everything else, um, which is a lot. <laughs> uh, sometimes, sometimes. But, <clears throat> no, that's kind of like how I started in, in my collection. Um, what... Uh, I guess for you, like, uh, I guess we can ask how you started. Like, what's your collection like? How you, how did you get into that? Well, I, I've I've always like you. I've always loved uh, physical copies of games. You know, the the box art. Uh, well, when we started collecting, there was eye. no such thing as a digital copy. There's also that too, right? When we started, digital games weren't a thing at all. Uh, you know, you had to go to a store and buy the game yourself yep. or get your parents to buy it for you, whatever it may be, uh, depending on how old you were. Um, so my collection, uh, it's actually kind of shrunk over the years, unfortunately, because because I have uh, reluctantly traded in some of my games because I don't have the space to keep these things, um, mm. you know. In, in in a fashion that I would like to keep them in, we'll we'll say it we'll say it like that, but you know I still like collecting uh, collecting physical copies of games when I can. Um, my friends are like, oh, you know, why do you still get physical copies? I'm like, because I like them. What do you mean? Yeah. I like having the case. I like having the disc. I like having all this stuff. So my collect, yeah, I mean, bit a bit of a sidetrack there. My apologies. Um, collection started. I want to say like when I could really buy games for myself, right? Uh, which was which was probably we'll say we'll say around the 360 era, and but again that's just because I could buy the games myself, I could decide what I want, um, you know, and I could keep these things around for longer. I still have my Super Nintendo, uh, it's in the house somewhere. I still have it, right? Not plugged up or anything, but I have it. Still have the games. Still have the games that I had back then for it. Uh, some of those games include Killer Instinct, two, uh, Roger Clemens Baseball, which is very interesting. Well. <laughs> um, a few football games because I was mostly allowed to play sports games back in the day, and a whole lot of you know. But you know, okay. Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct—they're in there because you know didn't know better at the time. Anyway, now my collection consists of the. Uh, uh, Fallout, Fallout, Fallout Boy, Fallout Four, Pip Boy Edition, which came with you know the big, the big case that had the Pip Boy in it, and you know all the other stuff came with the controller, 
the uh, Fallout 4 Vault Boy controller, which is really nice. It's blue. It's got the Vault Boy on the side and the right-hand corner. Um, it, it Again, it looks really nice. I'm currently using it because I don't have another controller until yesterday. I bought another controller so I can put that one away and not use it. <clears throat> Huh. Uh, because I don't want to use it. When yeah. I get the collector thing for me, I don't want to use it. Um, but I also have um, a collection of anime posters and anime figures and video games related stuff in my room. I have a map of Skyrim behind me on the right-hand side of me. I have some Overwatch posters. I have uh, I have a Gurren Lagann wall scroll. I have a Konosuba wall scroll. I have the Fallout 4, uh, the um, the perk the perk tree. So I have that perk tree poster. So for you, collection is more than just the game itself. If I'm yeah. understanding this, like yeah. you're you're more yeah, like basically. the extra attachment that comes with it, like the the poster or the music CD or um, the figurine, if you have that sort of money. <laughs> Like, yes. Is that what I'm yes. understanding? Thanks for, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for cutting me off. I was going along there. Yeah, <laughs> not getting to the point. But I, I get passionate when I talk about this sort of thing. I think we all do. Yeah. I tend to skip around, but I uh, to uh, to end it though. I I do have a uh, like going to the figures thing. I have three right now. I only have three figures. I'm working on getting more, but they're all from anime. Uh, one is Boo! from. We're the... not an anime podcast. <laughs> One is from the uh, no anime. Day, Day Night series. <laughs> I'm cutting you and... off, sir. You've had too much anime to drink. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's fun. I enjoy yeah. it. I know the collector that comes out. I hope they get more stuff. <laughs> yeah. More and more stuff. That's, that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm like, Jesus, where am I going to put all this stuff now? Like I'm, I'm running out of room yeah. to buy games, and but I, I like it, <laughs> you know. I mean, there right. are there are worse yeah. sort of collection habits to have, you know. Uh, I think, I think Byron Weed can tell us a, a bit about some of those <laughs> things that are worse to have. <laughs> You're gonna become a character on the show. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna become a character. Yeah. I like so, it. um. I mean, there are worse uh, things to be addicted to, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think my goal, that is kind of my goal, is to get to 2000 and to finish up my GameCube collection, and then I'm going to try and uh, slow it down, uh, just because, like I said, I'm running out of right. room. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel you. But yeah, I mean... I feel you. My... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't really think there's any one game or any one thing in my collection that I like over anything else. You know? Right. Like, I, I do actually yeah. have um, the Batman Arkham Asylum uh, bat case that it came with, that came with, like, a framed uh, Batarang. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, yeah, but... I, I think uh, one of... I mean to cut you off, but my apologies. Oh, right. um, one of my goals 
would be to eventually get back the old consoles that I don't have anymore. So, you know, PlayStation, PlayStation to PlayStation 2 or 3, whatever. Um, and possibly an Xbox at some point. Right. And, you know, some of the games from those systems that I liked, not necessarily all of them, but, you know, just, you know, some games that I have fond memories of, you know, for yeah. those for those respective systems. Well, some of those games can cost quite a bit, too. Like That's uh, very true, yeah. Uh, my brother just got, I don't know how, but he has a Nintendo 64, and he wants me to get him Super Mario 64. And you'd think mm-hmm. the most popular Nintendo 64 game um, it's available on the DS as an enhanced version. Um, the, you got the suit, the new Super Mario Odyssey game that just came out. You'd think it'd be fairly cheap, but it's still going for like thirty bucks. Huh. And I'm like, dang. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, for an N64 game, that seems like quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's another one. That's that's one that I that I never played. I never owned an N64. So I want to get one of those as well. Yeah, there's um, there are some good games for the 64. Like it, you know, it didn't do very well, but there are some really great games uh, for the 64. Yeah, I remember my cousin had one, and we used to go over there and play. uh, We played the Mario and the 64 Mario World Joint. Um, We played. What was it? Uh, Nightmare Creatures was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my goodness! This is an, I'm I'm blanking on the name right now, but oh, the Golden Eye. Golden Eye. Yeah. Golden Eye. Uh, uh, yeah. So just you know the fond memories that I have of those games that I would like to own for myself and eventually play and or beat one day. So right. That's what my end goal is. Right. You know, one quick side note: a lot of people that played the N64 would say either Super Mario 64 or GoldenEye are their favorite games for the N64. Yeah. And while those are yeah. great games, that. that is not my personal favorite game. What's your personal favorite? <laughs> my personal favorite game, thank you for asking, by the way, uh, <laughs> yeah. is it's called uh, Ogre Battle 64. Person of Lord the Caliber. I assume it's a game not a lot of people played. Um, They probably didn't even play the original Ogre Battle on the Super Nintendo, which is also one of my personal favorite games to play. Um, I wish they would come out with a new one. (laughs) You can't tell, but a tear is rolling down my cheek because I know that'll never happen. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. But, yeah. If I had to... Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just saying, yeah. Yeah, if if I had to pick a uh, a favorite game from my uh, childhood collection of games that I don't have anymore, uh-huh. um, I don't know if this is gonna surprise you or anything, but uh, it had to be uh, Digimon World Two. Oh. Or this is the first one. The, yeah, yeah, Digimon World. Yeah, uh, that game was so much fun, and I remember as a kid always getting up to Factorial Town and getting stuck because you had to uh, remember that, hey, the guards changed shift at this point in time, so you can't go past them and get to the next part of Factorial Town unless you wait for the clock to get to a certain point and change shifts. And I finally got past that part on an emulator, 
that I've been mm. playing it on on my uh, laptop recently. And yeah, it's just it's it's so it's so much fun. Yep. But uh, so I think we've collected as much information as we can from this segment. Uh huh. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Like it. Yes, I think we have collected enough. I think it's time to head to our community community segment. Community segment. Question we asked you guys last week. Which was, will you be getting an Xbox One X, and do you think we'll see a price hike for these new powerful consoles? Mm-hmm. As the precursor to this, as always, I hit the mic. Um, I, um, <laughs> the answer was a I resounding butcher- no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, if I butcher your names, I apologize in advance. I am a human and not a robot. So, Rebecca Barrett. She says that, nope, I'm sticking with my PS4 and Xbox One until I stop making games for them, then I'll switch. Which is fair. Perfectly, perfectly fine. Reasonable. Yeah. Might be a little bit, but still. Again, like, there's no rush. Especially not with the Xbox One X, I would think. I mean, right. the graphical rumors are nice. But personally, it's well, not worth it to me I right mean, now. I also thought about this, though. And mm-hmm. uh, will Microsoft or even Sony... Um, will they do like a new Nintendo 3DS? So okay, yeah, sort of like a um, like yeah. a slight upgrade if that makes sense. Right. Like, are well, they going to keep doing these, you know, these smaller upgrades versus a big one every? Right. You know. And so with the new Nintendo 3DS, um, to my knowledge, like every game got an increase and games loaded quicker and they were faster and it added amiibo support uh, directly to the system mm-hmm. instead of requiring an infrared amiibo adapter thing um, but it also uh, to my knowledge there was only ever one game released that required you to have a new Nintendo 3DS to play right and so will Microsoft and Sony with their PS4 Pro, will they move into that direction? Like, sorry, yeah, the, that, the comment that is, that is makes me thing. wonder, like, will there be games that are only Xbox One X compatible or only PS4 Pro compatible and you yeah. have to have those mm-hmm. systems to play? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I see your point there because that did sort of happen with mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, 360 and PS4, PS3 when those came out. But anyway... Uh, back to the comments here. Matt Greer says, uh, nah, it's a lateral purchase unless you've already gotten a 4K setup at home. Um, there are no exclusives and no exclusive games for it. So why right. bother? Which, again, goes back to your point. Yep. Will they make exclusive games? I mean, I think they will not. Like, my gut feeling says they won't. Yeah. But um, games will load quicker, I think. And once people start using the system they'll optimize it and so you may see games that on the original xbox load really slow but on the new one load like butter yeah yeah exactly i mean i've actually already noticed Uh, sorry uh i should have mentioned this earlier but in nba 2k i noticed that um the game itself seemed to load about the same amount of time but when I was jumping over to a friend's neighborhood or joining them up or just starting like the game to, uh, 
I should say the the actual like basketball game in the my career as opposed to going into yeah. my career because going into my career seemed like it was the same amount of time, but starting up a basketball game or joining a friend's neighborhood, all those seemed to load ten times faster. Like it did seem quicker. Huh. Well, that's good. Sorry. That's good because you know how long those load times can be. No, you're good. Yeah. I so, Abtui says uh, we're we're kind of going back to the sell at a loss mantra that console manufacturers took in the previous generations. The One X and Pro obviously cost a little more to build due to the upgrade updated tech used in them. So, regardless, I think gamers are getting some pretty good deals in the two releases. So that mm-hmm. is a no. Comment comes from Robert Rolf. <laughs> That's he's an interesting he's comment. basically anti-Xbox at this point. So, again, another no, which is fine. Again, you know, it's yeah. do with it what you will. And I said but, it before, uh, I don't you know. see why the Xbox gets so much hate. Like, I can understand, you know, going with the PS4. <laughs> I understand why people do it. Um, I just, why the hate? Yeah, I uh, I find it strange that people like to hate on things in general. Yeah, like, especially when it comes to consoles. I know, but again, that's a whole like, other discussion because I I own all three of the consoles. I don't hate any of them. I enjoy I, some I more than the others, Xbox but and, and the PS4. Yeah, yeah, but you hate on the Switch, so you can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> sorry. I keep hijacking no, your you're comments. <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> the hijack show. That's what this is. Where you just hijack my whole comment, nearly finish anything. No, kidding. Um, as always, guys, thank you so much for responding to us. And we have a new question of the week for you this week. Do you have a collection and or do you have a piece of something that you're proud of you know, in, in you know, in your collection, it could be for me the uh, Fallout Four Pip Boy Edition. That's my piece that I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. So, something like that. Just uh, let us know in the comments, and we will read those answers on next week's episode. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? No, no, no I think we're good. And we're out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode 21 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. Uh, Ken, before we go, tell them where to find us and you. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at MacroboV. That's M-A-C-R-O-B-O-V. You can find the R&R Podcast on Twitter at R&R Gaming Pod. That's R-A-N-D-R gaming pod uh, you can find joystick on twitter at joystick ent that's j-o-y-s-t-i-k-e-n-t and of course you can find us on youtube uh, hopefully you're listening to us on youtube so hit that like that subscribe dingle the little bell so that you get notifications as soon as we have a new episode out um, byron you can find him on twitter at braun1417 that's capital b R-O-N-1417. You can find me on Twitch streaming whenever I feel like it nowadays at uh, twitch.tv 
B slash B underscore Ron one four one seven. Again, that's B underscore Ron one four one seven for the Twitch handle. And uh, we're working on something else for the podcast as far as getting it out to more people. Mm-hmm. So if that does happen, we will have that information for you next week in this section of the show where we plug ourselves. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so again, just you know, make sure you're following us on iTunes, on Twitter, on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, on YouTube. We and tried Twitch as well. <laughs> Byron doesn't feel like it these days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it's a whole complicated situation, but we'll get into that later. But, uh, no, um, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Episode 22 is right around the corner, and also Thanksgiving, so we should have a special Thanksgiving episode for that time of the year. But before we get there, we have another episode to get to next week. They should come back. Ken, tell them why. <sighs> She come back because everyone could use a little more R and R. next thing in my head <laughs> it went, this is why you make notes people don't just try and remember it off the top of your head um no they are significantly significant they're gonna sing blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> yes they make your frames drop that goes for everyone i mean i mean i watched my phone and that was wait fine, wait but... is frames an urban uh, dictionary thing for pants <laughs> to my knowledge, no. But it might make it might make them do that though. Like, hey girl, I'm gonna make your frames drop. Hmm? <laughs> Jesus. <Christ. laughs>